0: Brothers and sisters, we come this week to Lord's Day 18 of the Heidelberg Catechism and to the doctrine of the ascension of Jesus Christ. Let's read the summary of this doctrine together as we read it responsibly in the questions and answers that are before us. What do you mean by saying he ascended to heaven? That Christ, while his disciples watched, was taken up from the earth into heaven and remains there on our behalf until he comes again to judge the living and the dead. But isn't Christ with us until the end of the world as he promised us? Christ is true man and true God. In his human nature, Christ is not now on earth, but in his divinity, majesty, grace, and spirit, he is never absent from us. If His humanity is not present wherever His divinity is, then aren't the two natures of Christ separated from each other? Certainly Certainly not. not. Since divinity is not limited limited and is present present everywhere, it is is evident that Christ's divinity divinity is surely beyond beyond the bounds of the humanity humanity that has been taken on. But at the same same time, His divinity divinity is in and remains personally united to his humanity. How does Christ's ascension to heaven benefit us? First, he is our advocate in heaven, in the presence of the Father. Second, we have our own flesh in heaven as a sure pledge that Christ our head will also take us, his members, up to himself. Third, He sends His Spirit to us on earth as a corresponding pledge. By the Spirit's power, we seek not earthly things, but the things above, where Christ is, sitting at God's right hand. Amen. Let's go to the Lord and ask Him to help us to understand and to apply the doctrines of the apostles and the prophets. Our Heavenly Father, we ask you to look upon us now in grace as we look away from ourselves and into the face of your Son. As all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in your Son, guide us by your Spirit into the true understanding of the doctrines of Christ. May our meditation upon his truth produce in us the fruit of righteousness to the glory and exaltation of his name, the instruction and building up of this congregation and the salvation of the lost through our witness. We pray this in the name and favor of your well-beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and in dependence on His Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Everything that Jesus Christ has done has been to accomplish some good for us. Some benefit comes to us in each part of His person and work. What He has done, transfers to us, is applied to us as some kind of saving benefit. Today we turn to the doctrine of Christ's ascension, and that is a portion of His saving work. But it is sometimes neglected. It is literally the doctrine that teaches us that Christ has gone out of sight And so it is very easy for it to go out of mind for us. But it is a wonderful and very comforting doctrine. And so tonight we'll look at the very basics of it. What happened in the ascension, what he's doing now that he has ascended, and what these things have to do with me and with you in the life of faith. So first, what he did. What happened in the ascension? We read at the end of some of the Gospels and at the beginning of Acts that on the 40th day after Jesus' resurrection, he was lifted up by a cloud into heaven. Kind of like Moses ascending the mountain to the glory cloud, a prefiguring of the ascension of Jesus Christ. Now in the Bible, the word or the phrase heaven or heavens or into the heavens it can refer to different things. Sometimes it just means the sky above. So when we read about the birds of heaven, we're not talking about uh, angelic birds. We're talking about birds that fly in the air. Sometimes heaven refers to things beyond our planet, things that we can see and perceive, but they're beyond the scope of this world. Psalm 8 says, When I look at your heavens, The work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. But there's a third reference. Heaven often refers in Scripture to the place of blessing and glory. As one writer puts it, It is where God manifests Himself immediately and gloriously to all eternity. The Bible sometimes calls this, The highest heaven. Paul calls it the third heaven. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And it is this third reference that we are referring to when we say that Christ ascended into heaven. He ascended into the highest heavens. The dwelling place of God. Where he manifests his holy and divine presence in a particular way to the holy angels. To the elect who have departed from this earth and have died in the Lord. That is the place where Christ ascended. Now, we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He is one with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. And so, if we're being very exact, very precise, the Son of God never really left heaven at all, let alone returned. Because God, in His divine nature fills all things he fills heaven and earth and everywhere but in his human nature the body that was nailed to the cross and buried and raised that body has now ascended to where it had not been to the highest heavens In an important sense, this is actually a very sad development for the church. We feel his absence. And we know and we we realize with a kind of longing and a kind of grief that we will not see him face to face until he comes again on the last day. But what he has accomplished by going up into heaven is far better for the church and for believers than if he had remained as he was here on earth. That's a promise He makes to His people on the night before His crucifixion in the Gospel of John. It is better, it's to your advantage that I go, He says. Which we'll unpack here in just a moment. That is what He did. These are the bare facts of the ascension. In front of many eyewitnesses, Jesus was lifted up to His Father, the Ancient of Days, and He sat down at the right hand of God. Now that this has happened... Now that bodily, the glorified Son of God has gone into the highest heavens, what is he doing? What's he doing? That's our second point this evening. What he's doing is summarized for us, at least hinted at for us, in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also, and you know the way to where I am going. This Jesus, our mediator, is in heaven making preparation. He's making preparations. What are those preparations? Our catechism summarizes these for us in question and answer 49. His preparations include being our advocate. He is there advocating for us. This is what scripture means when it says in Romans chapter 8 and elsewhere that he is there interceding for us. As we intercede, in, in just from us to other humans, what that means is that we're standing in for somebody. We're praying for someone else. We're trying to meet their needs by standing between them and God. Not as an obstacle, but as a kind of conduit to God. Pleading on their behalf. And Jesus does this in the ultimate way as our mediator and our advocate. We are here on earth, continuing to sin and to struggle. And like the most skillful attorney, Christ is in heaven defending us with his own record. And he does this forever and ever. As we read in Hebrews chapter 7, he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost or to save completely, to save completely those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Else, another part of Hebrews, it says that he has become this priest by the power of an indestructible life. And so as he lives, so surely does he stand in your defense in the heavens. He lives forever to make intercession for us. He's our advocate. Another way that He is making preparations as our ascended Savior, He assures us of our destiny. He assures us of our destiny. We make all kinds of plans every day in our lives, hoping to attain to some end goal. It may just be an end goal by the end of the day. You've got a checklist you want to check off, or you've got some long term goals. You want to be somewhere by a particular age reach some comfort level, some status level, whatever it happens to be. But uh, if you've ever made plans before, then you probably also know that they don't work out the way that you laid them out. But Jesus' ascension tells us the truth about the end goal. He tells us the truth by pow- the power of his ascension. He tells us the truth about where we are headed Our plans are secure. They may not be our plans, but he has given them to us and he assures us of them. Like we saw in John 14, he says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Now think about this for a moment, because heaven is a spiritual place. It's not a natural place, it's a supernatural place. It is above this natural world. We cannot see it with our physical eyes. But it is a place, it is a location. And whatever it's like, Jesus has brought something new into that location. He has brought his own body there. It is a glorified body. And so it is a body that is now able to be in a heavenly place. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, flesh and blood, meaning your natural body, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So we must be changed. We must be transferred. We, a transformation must take place in order for us to be fit for a heavenly place such as the kingdom. But Christ has already received that transformation In his resurrection glory. And now he's taken that body. That material physical body. Into a heavenly place. And by simply being there. He prepares a place for us. By always pledging. To raise our bodies to be like his. And to inherit a new world with him. Another way in which Christ is preparing a place for us is that he has sent his Holy Spirit. He has sent his Holy Spirit in a once-for-all kind of way upon the entire church on the day of Pentecost. Uh, We'll spend some time on that when we get to that uh, portion of the catechism. But you and I are given this gift in a particular way. It is applied to us in a particular way when we first come to a saving knowledge of Christ... And then we ask that Christ would continue to give us a measure of his Holy Spirit to fill us with this sanctifying power from on high throughout our lives. And this would not have happened and would not happen through our lives unless Jesus ascended to heaven. Peter says on his sermon, his great Pentecost sermon, that when the ascended Lord Jesus Christ arrived there and was presented before the Ancient of Days, he received the Holy Spirit and Peter says, now he's poured out this Spirit upon you. And it is a, that's the only explanation for what you're seeing here today. And that would not have happened unless Jesus went into heaven. That's why he said, it is to your advantage that I go. You'll not only have me as your advocate without in heaven, but I will send you the advocate within And so even though we will fully rejoice to see Jesus face to face and though we grieve in in a particular way that he is absent from us now, while we are still in this present evil age, nevertheless, in the meantime, we trust fully that in his divinity, majesty, grace and spirit, he is never absent from us. And that is why we can take him at his word when he tells us, I am with you always until the end of the age. Those are the central preparations that Jesus is making for us while we wait for him to return. So lastly this evening, what is in all of this for you? How does it come to you? What does it mean that it's now applied to you? If what he does results in all kinds of benefits for us, then there are Several things to take comfort in due to the the ascension. If his priesthood and his intercession, you know, his being your advocate, if that goes on forever and ever, then you have nothing to fear. There's nothing here that can separate you from the love of God. And on the great day of the Lord, there is no judgment that will fall on you because it has fallen on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he pleads the value of his blood forever on your behalf. The blood that he spilled to purchase you was of infinite value and power. It is effective not just at some portion in your life. It's not effective only when you feel it, when you're feeling holy, when you're walking in victory over sin. But it is powerful and effective for all time into eternity. And as your powerful high priest, Jesus remains in the highest heavens always standing at your defense always pleading your cause always available to you to declare that you are holy to the lord he is a strong defense when your heart reminds you what a wretched sinner you are or when demons tempt you to despair which is their calling that is their those are the marching orders of all the demons of satan is to come to make a shipwreck of your faith, to make you despair of the love of God. But Jesus stands at your defense. And when these things happen, when these dark valleys come, as they do for all Christians, flee to the throne of grace. Pray urgently. And if you don't know what to pray, then open the Psalms and begin. They will connect you. They will strengthen your faith to that Savior who is in the heavens. Another way this comes to us in comfort is that Christ's physical presence in the heavens teaches us where we will go and therefore we have a sure hope. It is very easy, given the the kind of folk religion that that gets mixed in with Christianity, to think of heaven as this kind of puffy, foggy place and you you can't really picture it. And so your hope is just as foggy. But Christ gives us a sure hope that when we make our plans each day, we can learn to submit them all to that one sure plan, that He will come for us and take us to Himself. And when we look forward to different good things in the future, no matter how good they are, no matter how wonderful they are, when they, when they come, if and when they do come, let's learn to make those good things bow to this ultimate good thing, that he will take us to himself. One day Christ will make all things new and the highest heavens will become our inheritance and our resting place as he brings all the glory of those heavens down to earth and makes all things new. And a last comfort for us to meditate upon as we close this evening. If Christ has poured out his Holy Spirit from heaven, then you can be sure that you have an everlasting connection to and union with Jesus Christ. He can seem very far away. But his spirit causes us to hear the word of God and to participate in the sacraments in a way that brings us gently and powerfully along into Christian maturity. Brothers and sisters, he has has gone Uh, Away from us. He has left us. He is absent from us, according to that human nature. But not in vain. He has gone to prepare a place for you. Not just for others, but to you and for you. Your name is written in his hands. He has a place prepared for you in particular. So take comfort in the sovereign care of your ascended Lord Jesus Christ. He is in heaven to defend you. He promises to bring you to Himself and to be near to you even now through His Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, You build Your church on the foundation of the doctrine of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And so we pray that You would bless our congregation to grow in their teaching. Assist us and meditating with joy on your mighty acts. Enlighten our minds more and more with the light of the everlasting gospel. Kindle in our hearts a love of your truth. Nourish us with the full counsel of the word of God. Enable us to contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints and defend us from the sins of heresy and schism. And as we have heard the true doctrine proclaimed to us by your great blessing, may it be preserved among us and propagated through us by our lips, and our lives to the glory of the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And let all the people of God say together, Amen.